unusual couple, you know. Oh, I don't think that was ever in question. Hello and welcome to the Infinity Saga and Beyond, a Marvel Cinematic Universe fan podcast. I am Jordan Wiegand, and today I have a special guest, Logan Stump. Hi. I think this is weird. This isn't soccer. First time. This is your first time on the show. Um, Exciting. Just a little behind the scenes here. Casey and I recorded one hell of an episode last night and early this morning but due to technical issues it we can't use it it's a lot of uh it didn't record right um i also didn't want to rope him into this again tonight uh, because uh his team is tampa bay and they're in the super bowl so i figured i will uh you know either do it by myself or get somebody to jump on last minute thank you logan for jumping on here um so the way that, uh, that we usually do this is we go into the episode. But real quick, I do want to ask you just what are your thoughts so far up until this episode on WandaVision since you've never been on? Yeah, so uh, I, you know, I, this was the one that I wasn't looking forward to at, at all, really. <laughs> like, I didn't know what it was going to be. It was kind of confusing. And to be honest, I was like, OK, I don't know how this is going to play out. But I, I mean, I think so far, like especially building up, I think as the episodes have gone and we've gotten more like that breaking of uh, cast and different things like that, and I, and you get more of like what's really happening with Wanda. I think it's pretty cool to see what's going on with WandaVision, just because uh, it plays to like it, it's taking her character arc and putting her in a place that I think toward, when we get down towards the end of this series, that it's you know putting her back into the universe after all these big fallouts have happened because of Thanos. Um, so overall, I, I mean, it's really getting good. I mean, I, now I anticipate it like I was with Mando. I mean, it's something that I look forward to. It's a nice break too, from what I'm used to with Marvel. Um, I think it's done a really good job and the writers have done pretty well. I mean, each of the episodes have been unique in ways that I didn't think they would come up with, with Marvel. So it's nice to see that element and that breaking of the glass that, it's it's a different kind of thing with Wanda, and I can't wait to see what's going on with her um, and, and why she's doing what she's doing. Yeah, it was a risk, right? It was a risk uh, that they took here on how this would be received. And, um, you know, there was a lot of people impatient after the first week, even after the second week, um, on what this show was going to be. But I think it's paying off, especially in the last two weeks uh so that we're talking about episode five of wandavision called on a very special episode which is of course is a reference to the 1980s sitcoms that this is taking place in here uh which always had these special serious episodes like once or twice a season to teach the students or viewers even uh not the students i mean the children or the viewers on uh life lessons like you know uh, abuse or drug addiction uh they would spin it in different ways you know like in saved by the bell in the 90s they had uh jesse with the caffeine pills instead of actual drugs but you know um this is uh this is what they're referring to here it's written by peter cameron and Mackenzie doer uh directed by matt shackman 
and premiered February 5th, 2021 on Disney+. Plus, With the theme song written by Frozen All-Stars Robert Lopez and Kristen Anderson Lopez, with the score by another Frozen All-Star here, Christoph Beck. Uh, the synopsis is Wanda addresses Vision's worries when he grows suspicious of the neighbor's strange behavior. Logan, give me your initial thoughts on this. Yeah, I think it, it's it's interesting just because of what's going on. I mean, obviously Vision, uh, because he's, I mean, I guess he's dead because of the, the, the blip, but um, and then everything that happened before that. But yeah, I think as they start to play into this, just the idea of them interacting with people and the more that they interact with people, the, the stranger it gets because they start, I think vision starts to put it together where, uh, you know, he's interested in seeing like, you know, what's really going on, what's happening. And then you get some of that. I mean, it foreshadows what's happening later on in the episode that I think is really interesting. But again, as it starts out, like always, uh, you're like, okay. So like it goes back into the sitcom and, and you know, something's going to go awry. You just don't know when it does. And then all of a sudden it starts to happen. And you see that with, you know, his interactions with different people throughout the episode. So right off the bat, it was interesting just to see, you know, that wall being broke, broken down um, that, that Wanda's clearly created for, for a reason um, that I think we're starting to get more and more from uh, as she's talking to vision as she's talking to Agnes and, um, everything that's happening in the beginning of this episode. So it it was really cool. Yeah, I, I enjoyed this episode. I think episode four is still my favorite as we go right now. But uh, this one was, uh, was a lot of fun. Um, it gets really serious in the, you know, near the end of the show. And we get some of the best acting performances we've seen from Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen in the sh- in the MCU uh, in their roles in the MCU so far, and uh, it's great. So let, let's get a little deeper into it here. We open in the 1980s, and Wanda is trying to get Tommy to sleep. Vision walks down, rocking Billy, and you know they're crying. They haven't. They've mentioned they haven't slept in a while. Uh, Vision, you know, Wanda sends Vision to go get the binkies, you know, the pacifiers. Wanda tries to use her magic to make them sleep and it doesn't work. And one thing I think was very interesting in the, her wording here was, why won't you do what I'm telling you to? Or something like that. Um, I think this is showing that the children are not affected by her magic here in this uh, reality. Yeah, it's really cool because, you. I mean... It sets up for the whole episode, really. I mean, you, you, when you're when you're talking about Wanda, she's starting to, I guess, because maybe she's realizing that that wall's being torn down, like that glass barrier of of what she's done, the trance that she's put all of them in. I think the reality starting to set in, so it's interesting to watch her kind of fade away from what's actually happening. And you get these you get these really cool moments in this episode too, where you where you look through her eyes and you can see that everything that happened in reality is starting to catch up with her into this, you know, fake reality that she's created. And you see that pretty early on when she can't get the kids to do what she wants them to do. And, 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 you know, I think they do a good job of setting that up like they're babies at first. So like, I mean, they're small, small children that would have like hardly any kind of power against it. And the fact that she can't get them to do what she wants, you, you can just see in her eyes that things are starting to fall apart for her. And why do you think it is that they can't, she can't control them? Is it, and, and here's my theory that I just kind of thought of right now, so this is a bonus from whatever I recorded yesterday. 
Um, is it because Billy and Tommy are the only people that were actually created in this alternate universe? Um, so they're not under a spell like everybody else is? Yeah, I think maybe because that and, and because maybe they don't have like a preconceived notion of like what the world's actually supposed to be So I, and what it was. And I think that when you start to realize what some of these other characters, and we'll talk about later, that start to get out of that funk is... I think they start to re- they put together things that have happened in peer you know previous experiences. So I think that that has a big you know that has a big impact on the kids not having any kind of past experiences to be able to build on and to kind of just go along with it. And I think that they are able to break it because they just don't have those experiences and they don't have anything that they're latching onto. So they're just kind of living in the moment. Whereas Wanda can't control that because that's something that she hasn't been able to create as kind of their, their backstory and kind of their, their built, their makeup uh, as characters really. So, you know, vision brings in the binkies. He has them in his ear where his ears would be if he had ears, I guess. He uh it's a great yeah. He's he gives them to the babies and they're quiet for about a second before they spit them out. Uh and that's when Wanda says, Maybe we need some help. And that's right when Agnes walks in saying, Hey kiddo, uh in typical eighties fashion, uh Vision changes to his human form behind a pillow because he wasn't expecting this. And it's alluded to that that Wanda actually calls her there. Uh you know, Agnes says that uh, she was come. You know, she was called there. You know, due to the screaming, right? Like, because Vision was like, "Well, who told you?" And then she says, "My ears." You know? uh, obviously, I don't think she could hear the babies from walking past the the house. But uh, it does seem like as soon as Wanda says she needed help, there is Agnes to help. Uh, so you can see that two different ways, I guess. Uh, then it gets, you know, Vision doesn't want Agnes to hold the child, the children. It's kind of played off like normal dad being, you know, normal new parent, I'd say, because it's not limited to dads, but being kind of like nervous about other people holding the children. But then the laughter stops. It gets kind of weird. And, you know, Agnes asks if she should take it again from the top, almost like she knows that this is a TV show. And then she even says, you want me to hold the babies, right, Wanda? And, uh, you know, Vision then lets Agnes give it a try because Wanda says so. But he calls Wanda to the side here and asks what's happened. Uh, What was your take on this, Logan? Do you think this is something that um, Wanda is doing here? Uh, She seemed kind of confused about Agnes asking about taking it from the top as well. Yeah, I love this part because it's so because I watched a lot of the 80s and 90s, obviously, sitcoms, because those are the ones that, that came into play. And every time you watch the bloopers, you, you always see the people like break character and go, OK, OK, from the top, from the top. Um, so this one almost makes me think that. And to be honest, like when she's nervously like, you know, do you want to take this from the top? Um, I don't it almost feels like they're scared of Wanda. I, I think like, right. You know, the, the, the powers that she has, I think, are. are are, are things that these people are in fear of. Um, and I think Agnes breaks a couple of times, but she, you know, just taking this and talking to, to Wanda about all this. Um, I, I think it's, it's scary for her to try to piece together. Like, 
you know, is Wanda doing it? Is Wanda breaking character? Is it because she's starting to feel things like sadness or something like that that has broken this trance that she's put all these people underneath um, in this town? So I think that that, you know, in Westview, I think that that she's starting to feel even her powers crumble because she's starting to doubt herself. And I think maybe some remorse is coming in or maybe she's, you know, this is her way of grieving and now she's starting to get to that stage of acceptance and then she's starting to lose the powers that she has over the people of the village. Uh, you know, Vision is kind of starting to catch on here at this point and... We we do get some great comedy from Catherine Hans uh, Agnes here. She's she's wonderful on this show, with uh, you know talking about spraying the lavender and her husband sprays it. Um, she can't you know, but he can't keep that tiger down or whatever. And then you get uh, her looking for the dark liquor, not for her, but for the babies. What kind of babysitter do you think she is? Uh, it is very. 19 late 1980s early 1990s comedy here with like the babysitters and the way that i I could see this happening on like full house (laughs) oh yeah like and when she pops in the door that whole that whole very kimmy like yes that's exactly what i was thinking i was like she looks like kimmy she sounds like kimmy she's always there like they always look at her like and almost vision acts like she's an inconvenience at times because he's like oh god here she comes again um but you're right i think it's very kimmy like it's great uh, we get some silence at this point, and you know the babies are no longer in the cribs. And then they turn around after they hear mommy and daddy, and there they are, age five now. Uh, again, I don't think this is Wanda doing this, and I think it makes it clearer later on in the show. Um, but uh, it seems to be that Billy and Tommy are the ones determining how old they are. Do you think like? somebody on the outside is also has a control like obviously i think there's something going on there's obviously some kind of villainous character i think that we are, are going to get to but do you think it's somebody controlling the kids like somebody else has accessed her abilities or something like that that's you know throwing her off of her abilities to control i don't actually i think my main theory is that because they were born in this reality uh they are not and we'll get to it because there's a line I think that kind of points in my favor in that, but we'll see how they played out. But I think uh, them changing their age and stuff, uh, I do believe that's one of the brothers, uh, the one that'll go by Wiccan later in life. If, if they uh, go by the comics, he would have like Scarlet witch type powers and he would be able to change their age. And they kind of look at each other before they change ages. So I feel like that might be, uh the way they're going with it i do think that there's somebody more deeper into this which i'm sure we'll talk about here but i do not think it is uh anybody able to have control over the children i think that they want the children maybe but i'm not sure if they can control them um even agnes says you can't control children so it does seem like maybe if we take her literally there and not just as a joke it might be something to that Um, then we get the theme song. The theme song's fun. It's a mix of family ties with the with the painting uh, aspect to it. There's uh, some growing pains in there, which is the photos, you know, them showing uh, the people from children all the way up to where they are at the show now. And there's some full house in there with the running towards the camera and the picnic in the park. So 
lots of fun references there. The best part of this is probably Baby Vision, I think, here. Yeah, it's great. I also liked seeing Santa Vision, and uh, I liked that the boys had a birthday cake that had one, two, three, four, five as they're celebrating all five years <laughs> right. at their birthday. <laughs> Uh, then we go right into outside of Westview, and we have Monica, who's being asked the last thing she remembers as they're taking x-rays. And we find out that the x-ray came back blank, and the blood work also had something wrong with it where they'd have to draw another sample. Uh, do you have any theories on this, Logan? Because I'm probably going to blow your mind here, maybe. We'll see. No, I didn't really even. I mean, I knew obviously there was something important coming from it. Maybe because she, I don't know, maybe wipes her, but I have no idea. I was sitting there thinking about that too. I was like, how does this, you know, how is this going to come back? Because obviously something's important is going on. In the comics, she goes by the name Photon, which is one of her names anyway. Uh, she's been Photon, she's been Spectrum. And she's been Captain Marvel. She was actually the first female Captain Marvel in comics. But uh, she has powers in the comics that can absorb light and x-rays, ultraviolet radiation, and gamma rays, microwaves, and radio waves. So, if she was absorbing the x-ray, then I would think it would come back blank. So I think maybe she might have her powers now. I don't think she knows she has her powers a lot of people are speculating maybe she got her powers since there's so much radiation in the bubble and Wanda sent her all the way out of the bubble and she had to come flying through it without any sort of protective gear. Some people think maybe that is going to be what gives her her power. What do you think about that? I was going to say that's great setup for that. I mean, just again, with Marvel and we talked about this, I know that when we talked Marvel stuff um, back in, you know, through our text and through, I think even quarantine and chill, we talked some Marvel and stuff, but just the, the attention to detail uh, and they're so small, like the details are so, so small in some of these movies and films. But then you look back on this, you know, five to six years later and you go, can you believe like that was something that Marvel set up way back then so that they could put this piece. I mean, it's just a little puzzle piece. Just the fact that she gets thrown from this Westview bubble that she's been in and gets the, her powers that, I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable that they can. And of course you can blow my mind with just about anything from the comics. Cause I know just like Casey, I, I'm very limited in my comic range. <laughs> um, we have Jimmy Woo and Darcy checking on Monica. The director comes out and has a meeting for more intel and says that they thought Wanda was the victim, but now they realize she is the main victimizer. And he kind of starts trying to paint Wanda in the light of a terrorist or villain, right? Like he says, does she have a nickname like the other superheroes? Jimmy <laughs> says no. But I listened to a podcast as well, and, and this guy pointed out correctly that that doesn't make any sense anyway because a lot of the villains go by nicknames anyway, so it doesn't really help or hurt his cause. But I think he means that, you know, I think he might think that she exerted some sort of control over the Avengers to make them trust her. Um, Wanda's not a terrorist is what uh, Monica says, and she brings out the actual definition of terrorism, uh, you know, having a political agenda. 
And then the director Hayward says that he has uh, been granted permission to release the security footage from nine days ago. And it shows Wanda breaking into the sword facility and stealing Vision's body back, whose body is actually in kind of like chunks, I guess. It's not like all together. Um, which is against the Sokovia Accords, but it's also against Vision's will of not becoming a living weapon. But also, I feel like that's what S.W.O.R.D. was trying to do, right? They were trying to somehow reverse engineer what made Vision work so they can have that information. Um, do you trust this uh, director Hayward, Logan? No, I, I felt that way when he was talking to, to S.W.O.R.D. Or, I mean, just talking and, and kind of detailing like her coming through S.W.O.R.D. and stealing Vision's body. Like, I got that weird feeling almost... Like, you know, I'm trying to think of maybe something that I can compare it to that they're all the, of course, all these movies are escaping my mind now, but uh, I do feel like, I guess maybe it's kind of that same feeling that I had with, I forget the lady's name. She's the commander when Poe tries to, um, to basically Aldo. take, yes, it, it kind of like, she didn't turn out being uh, horrible, but, um, but I do have like that weird feeling that he just doesn't have the interest of what's going on and i think he's trying to figure out like who wanda is and why she's doing what she's because she feels like and he might not be like a, a villain but i think he definitely doesn't trust wanda and i think that that's become apparent obviously with the the line about you know did she do something to the avengers that which is still funny to me and i, I know she's probably the most powerful avenger but she uh, like the fact that they that she could persuade thor and all of them um is always funny to me because i think that you know, bringing in some of these new people that are that are questioning Wanda. But again, it, she is very powerful. So, you know, I think maybe some of it has to do with fear, but I, I don't trust him at all, really. I, I don't know. I, I think if we're going to get a villain, it'll end up being him. And in some way, he's got something going on that he's can, he's doing something to Wanda or is doing something to what's happening in Westview. Common, a common theory seems to be that maybe he's trying to cover something up here, right? Like, um, he as we'll get to here, he's the one that says to shoot, you know, take the shot when the drone is there. He states that Wanda stole Vision's body, uh, which is true, but what were they doing to him, right? They were probably experimenting, which is also against Vision's will and also unethical. Um, and as Monica said last episode, it's sword, the sentient weapon observation and response department, not creations, not in there. Right. And that's alluding to them trying to make their own weapons. Uh, and I think that's what Hayward was trying to do. He's trying to build a weapon of, you know, based off of visions tech. So I think now he's maybe trying to take them out without, uh, or he was trying to take Wanda out one because of, you know, sometimes that's how military people are is just, okay, this is the aggressor. Take out the leader. Everybody's going to be fine once we take her out. Saves lives. But also I think maybe he's like, <clears throat> then we can get vision back and we can get, get back to experimenting on this. Right. Uh, so, yeah, I, I, I liked him in the last episode. I didn't get that creepy vibe like some people did. But in this one, yeah, he's a little bit of, a, as Darcy was going to say, a dick. Yeah, she labels him like, or he labels Wanda as a terrorist, basically. I mean, right. just 
you know, the idea that she has malintent. And then Monica's like, well, no, I don't think she's got malintent. Like, I don't think that that's something that she's capable of. Because um, I do feel like her, you know, Jimmy and them, I think that they, you know, Jimmy and Darcy believe that she is created this to try to hurt, you know, keep from hurting. Because obviously she still, she steals vision, it's bot, like dead body. Like that, that, that in and of itself is kind of creepy. But the, the fact that she did that, it's got to mean she's hurting, right? But did she do it because she was hurting or did she do it because she knew that they were experimenting on him? And then once Maybe, she yeah. has him, she's yeah. like, well, now I can go live my life. You right. know? Well, that makes sense then. Yeah, because I could see that because, I mean, you're right. I think that there's going to be some kind of breaking off, just kind of like what Fury did with um, with S.H.I.E.L.D. Like, I think that there's, you know, somebody on the wrong side of, of the war that is infiltrating this and it could be. Hayward, I think it, it. He definitely has that kind of sleazy look to him. Um, and again, it might be start, you know, setting up this whole elaborate like they're experimenting on these dead Avengers or God, who knows what they're doing. Um, just trying to understand like what's going on. But again, we're like at the ground surface, so I'm not going to worry myself too much about it just yet. But but the fact that she he labels her a terrorist is yeah, that, that's got to be bad. We get back to Westview. Billy and Tommy have a dog in the sink. Agnes comes over with the doghouse. And also Vision is dressed up in his normal human look. And he, you know, Wanda asks why. And he he says he thinks somebody's going to drop by. This is a very Kimmy, uh, Mr. Tanner uh, situation here, I feel like. Uh, I love that quote. (laughs) This is where I really feel like, yeah, Agnes is Kimmy in this uh, full house type of deal here i liked vision's quote though he was like of course you bring over exactly what's needed (laughs) yeah and he's starting to really wonder you know now agnes's excuses that she saw the dog through the window sure uh so what you already had a dog house you know it it is very suspicious um they wanted to name the dog i forget what they want to name the dog something with an s that was not sparky but then once the (laughs) dog almost gets electrocuted they name (laughs) Uh, she says Sparky, and they, you know, Wanda uses her magic right in front of Agnes, who's not looking, but right in front of Agnes, and gives um, the the collar. Um, she says, you know, oh, it's okay. Agnes wasn't even paying attention, but also, wouldn't then she wonder how did you already have a name tag with Sparky ready? You know, like right. Wanda's not thinking too much, and it's either because she's tired of having to control everything, or. You know, she's just not as afraid of showing herself off to the uh, to the residents. You know, at this point. Yeah, uh, it it does. It has that Kimmy stalker looking through the window vibe. But uh, again, <laughs> I, I don't know how much to trust because it's like okay, so I I can't wait for all this to start unfolding because it right now it and especially because when we get to the end, it's just I'm confused. Like. By, by Wanda and like what's really going on, but uh, I'm sure we'll get there. Uh, the kids then age up to 10 when vision says they'd have to be 10 years old to take care of a dog. And uh, we get back to the sword camp. Uh, Darcy starts calling it the hex, which uh, me and Casey really liked actually from yesterday's show that we'll never hear the light of day apparently, but <laughs> we, we both enjoyed it being <laughs> called the hex. Uh, one, it's a reference to the hexagonal shape, but also in the comics, Wanda's power is called Hex Powers because she's a witch, so it kind of works on both levels there. Um, 
Monica mentioned something about needing like a fallout shelter on wheels to get through there, uh, to get back into Westview. There's been clips and trailers of this tank thing going through the, uh, into the hex. So maybe that's, maybe she gets her way. Uh, we'll see how that pans out. Uh, and you know, Jimmy comes back from getting them coffee. So Darcy's getting her coffee finally. Uh, and he's happy to be bringing it. He looks like he's joyful today. Uh, I love Jimmy Woo uh, so much. <laughs> he's so good. Uh, and, you know, he they tell him, hey, her kid's aged up to 10. And he's like, I love his line here. They're going to be empty nesters by, like, supper or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> Marvel kills it with this kind of humor. It's that very subtle, like, let's just stick this in here. And I, I feel like it's perfect for Vision because it's kind of like that dad humor that I really like. Um, kind of like Ant-Man was, because I, I actually just watched Ant-Man yesterday. It was on TV, because um, I think they were doing, like, a like leading up to WandaVision. Like, they had Jimmy on. Um, but it was just really interesting to that, you know, they use all this kind of humor just to kind of to, to settle that mood. Yeah. Um, now, what's interesting here, too, is Jimmy starts saying, like, who are these kids? Who is casted? Who's cast as the kids? Right. And we get confirmation from Monica that or I'm going to take this as confirmation uh, from the writers here through Monica saying her kids are real. Um, and she delivered them. So I'm assuming she would know. Uh, but you know, they kind of test her on that by saying, well, can't she just make you think you're seeing it? That kind of stuff. But, uh, I, I do believe Monica here that the kids are real. Um, they say that like, okay, if she's t doing all of this, then she has a power level that's unreal and that's where, you know, Monica says, well, she could have took out Thanos without uh, him until he rained fire on his own troops. Um, and uh, nobody else could have done that. I love Jimmy here saying Captain Marvel uh, could have, you know, ha got her powers from the stone as well. And Monica kind of seems maybe a little upset here about Captain Marvel. Uh, for people that don't remember... Uh, Monica is the little girl in Captain Marvel. Uh, her mom is Captain Marvel's best friend in that movie. And I'm wondering, Logan, do you think maybe she something happened where that's how Monica got, uh, not Monica, but Maria got cancer? Or is she upset that Mon uh, Captain Marvel never came back to visit? Like, what do you think it is here that she kind of wanted to change the subject immediately when they start talking about um, Carol? See, I'm not gonna lie to you. Like when they started talking about her, at first, I, I, like, I was, I guess, I wasn't focused enough on it. I, I thought for like they were alluding to the fact that she might come in, like, to help. But then I was like, when I played it back, I was like, wait a minute, no, she's, she's talking to me about. It kind of looks like she's fallen out of favor um, with Captain Marvel uh, and Carol. But uh, like, I, I think it is a matter of just them. Something's happened. I think. Uh, that's at least what I got from the impression that she she gave that like I don't want to talk about it kind of thing, um, just because she avoids the the second time it's brought up. But I think that you know definitely falling out, definitely something has happened. And again, we're it's it's really weird because we got so we got Spider Man Far From Home right, and then then all this crazy stuff happened. And this is like it, it's weird to hear them talking about Thanos and like the demise of Thanos because it's. Like this is the only only the second like thing that we've gotten where they talk about like 
the fallout because there is i mean i am assuming there's fallout from all this stuff that's happened um captain marvel included so maybe you know and, and this is you... the most recent uh just for timeline verification mm-hmm. sake for people right, that didn't pick right. up on this this is three weeks after yeah. endgame pretty much and only nine days after vision's body was taken and let's also say here that far from home is eight months after Endgame, so this is actually taking place before far from home uh so in this case if you ever want to rewatch this you just slot this in right after Endgame, i guess but it's um interesting that of course this stuff would come back up right because they've only been really three weeks right. <laughs> removed it's, from it's it at this point i think that yeah what, for us, it's it. been almost two years. Right. It's been two years <laughs> since we were sitting in the theaters thinking that everything was going to be fine, and by fall we'd have all this <laughs> great content. <laughs> but then it all fell through. But again, like I said, I, I I do think that there's the coolest thing will be catching up with everybody. So you're going to catch up with Star Lord, with you know Thor, with all those guys, and what's going on with them. What's the fallout there? What's the fallout of Hawkeye? Right. What's the fallout for right. um, Falcon? Like. like what what happens because of all this? And obviously, we're going to go back in time with Loki some. Um, but I, I think that you're getting a cool setup of what's happening, right? There's another Captain Marvel movie coming. So something's obviously happened with her and Monica, maybe because of her mother. Um, I, Monica's I think, in it. They've announced right, that. Monica's right. going to be in Captain Marvel, too. Right. So obviously, I think we're going to... I don't think we'll see it play out a lot more in this show. I think that storyline is going to be covered in the sequel. So in the comics, and this might be a little bit off base, but Monica's in this. So in in that, does Monica ever become uh, almost like a nemesis to Captain Marvel? Like, has that ever happened? Nothing like, I could find. Uh, yeah. They're usually friends, and they usually fight, okay. you know, side by side. They're not usually a... Uh, like a civil um, war kind of thing? Yeah. Like maybe maybe like that. that's more realistic than a, a, an actual falling out. Um, but yeah, I, I think it's really cool that they're setting up this whole Monica storyline with Captain Marvel because obviously, what is that that's coming out? Is that next year they're co- that's coming out? Yeah, I believe yeah. so. I think it's that's, 2022. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So it, it's cool because it, again, we're we're starting to see where all these characters are landing. Obviously, Darcy's back and and Thor's out there somewhere, and you know, just all these really cool things just coming back into the fold. Um, and it's pretty interesting because uh, you know, talking about Vision. I think that it's more he's more of a psyche to to Wanda, where Wanda's starting to come out of this funk of, you know, how is she dealing with what happened? I liked getting this answer, too, that, you know, it was kind of set up at last episode of what's been kind of a question throughout the whole thing. Is this really vision? Yes, it is. This is his body, at least. And it definitely shows she can't control him, as we'll see later, that he has some sort of ownership over his decisions here in this world and he is you know able to uh maybe i should save that for later but it's just interesting that we now got that answer of yes this is his body how did she bring him back to life we don't know but she got her powers from the mind stone he had the mind stone in his head and that's how she blew up the Mind Stone, too, was by, uh, you know, before Thanos reversed it, was using her powers to be the same as his powers to be able to overwhelm the stone. Maybe she's just able to reanimate him due to the, her powers from the Mind Stone. I think that might be the most simplest way, but he's still able to act on his own. He's not being like a puppet. 
Uh, Monica finds her costume and shoots at it, and it shows that it's made of the Kevlar that she had in before. And that's kind of what I suspected, is that at least part of her clothing would be what she wore going into the um, hex. And in fact, I, I had somebody bring this up on a show, and I was like, oh, I thought that was just something most people would get, and I thought of it too. But I don't think I mentioned on here, sadly, so I don't have any receipts for that. But her sword necklace, I, I thought most simply that's her badge, her sword badge being a sword necklace in the anomaly. So that way, you know, it fits in with the aesthetic. Um, so I brought that up to Casey yesterday as well. He agreed with me that that probably makes sense. What do you think, Logan? Is the, you know, if her pants are her like pants and her vest is her vest. You think that necklace is the the um, the badge she had around her neck? Yeah, I think so. It makes sense, honestly. I didn't even think of that when I was watching it. But yeah, that makes sense to me. Like, would that be... So, you know, what does she wear when she is... You said she's called Proton, right? Uh, photon, yeah. Photon, okay. So, sorry, wrong particle. Um, so she's... So what does she wear when she is, you know when she is in that that character uh it depends i guess uh i think i have most of her costumes right here it's usually like white and black or white and red outfits so um i'll share my screen to you real quick so you can see okay Uh, so this will make great audio podcasting here. This is wonderful. So yeah, what what Jordan is currently sharing is is photons. Um, okay, yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. So, so I, like that would she make goes sense. by photon sometimes. Yeah. She's gone by Spectrum sometimes, and she's gone by you know Captain Marvel before. Mm-hmm. So um, I think they're gonna go by photon in the MCU because of her mom being right. called Photon. You know, it said it on her nameplate, like Maria Photon Rambo. I think she's going to take that from her mom. But, uh, yeah, moving on here. Uh, we get back to Westview and Vision is working in his office and, you know, Norm is there and they get an email for the first time, right? Uh, I love the comedy here, too, with the... Uh, um, you know, Norm gets a letter opener and Vision says, we're already cutting edge. You know, it's just, it did seem very 80s, 90s uh, yeah. jokes there. Where do I put the stamp? Then it gets very Twilight Zone-esque here where they get an email from S.W.O.R.D. And they all read it aloud. It seemed very strange that way. Um and this is where Vision's like, wait, what's going on? And then everybody laughs after they get to the end of the email. And, you know, it's all very bizarre. And then Vision, like, touches the computer and it turns off. He then touches Norm. And Abolash, is the actor who plays Norm, wakes up and is worried about his father and his sister uh, trying to find his cell phone to give them a call. Tells him it hurts and that you have to stop her. He doesn't say who. Most people think it's Wanda. I would probably tend to agree just because of uh, Monica saying at the beginning of the show that she could feel Wanda in her, like kind of stopping her from, you know, being fully awake. But uh, 
with the hers and the she's and stuff like that, it could potentially be somebody else as well. Maybe Wanda's not doing everything. I think it's setting up, like, with him, I think it sets up kind of this... And it's weird because... And it's the same way... So, like, when I was watching this scene, I was thinking back to Infinity War when Vision and Wanda are having that conversation of, like, to end Thanos, you need to do it. You need to destroy the stone. Um, And, you know, he's always been kind of this voice of reason for her. And so I think that maybe... You know, similarly, uh, even though he's not technically alive, he is in this reality. And I think he's going to become, because I think later on the episode we get a good point that proves this um, theory, that I, I think he is very much going to be a voice. And, like, because I, I picture this as, like, being her brain, like her head, and, and and this is going on in her head, and that, you know, Vision is trying to come to grasp with, like, Wanda's doing something horrible, and I think that these people are trying to warn him that she's doing this to them and that he needs to be the stable voice that says, Wanda, you know, we need to you need to cut it out. Like you need to you need to move on from the fact that I'm no longer there. So I think that that's something that that's setting up, especially with this scene, because it was so weird how they all were like almost rehearsed when they were reading that email. And then, you know, she's starting to lose grasp. And then that's when it happens is like she, she's losing control and, and Vision's trying to figure it out. We get the boys training Sparky the dog, and they ask, where's dad? She says, at work. But they say it's Saturday. Wanda then says, it's Monday. The boys then say, this morning was Saturday. And Wanda says, there was an emergency, he needed to go to work. When that doesn't really work, she says he needed a distraction. And then it makes the boys think he needs a distraction from them. And we get those typical sitcom family. uh, No, no, not with you. You know, he just, you know, he'll, you know, he'll always love you. That kind of thing. You know, just like you guys are always brothers, you know, et cetera. Then they ask if she's had a brother. She says, yes, but he lives far away. This is where I think that the boys being the only ones born in this reality and shows that they're real is really relevant and prevalent in here because let's let's listen to this conversation again where is dad he's at work the boys say it's saturday no it's monday well this morning was saturday but also what's been going on in these shows right like wanda is living sitcoms throughout these times uh within a span of like 24 real hours, right? From when Monica goes in to when the second episode events are going on, it's only been 24 hours, but they'd already moved from the 50s to the 60s, and we know that there's episodes that they've seen that we haven't seen, because they've referenced numerous times that they've seen more episodes than just the four we've seen, right? Right. So that means... Episodes for sitcoms don't usually take place on the same day all the time. So I feel like in this, it's supposed to be, okay, new day. Vision is now at work. But the boys are still like, this is the same day. It should still be Saturday, Mom. But she's not realizing it because she's losing it, I guess. And also, she doesn't realize that the kids 
are not going to just take her excuse either. So she has to come up with a few other excuses to get them to understand why Vision's at work. What do you think about that? That makes sense. And watching sitcoms, it is weird. It's hard to tell sometimes like when it breaks day um, until the characters um, allude to it. But that is, is, uh, you know what? It's interesting just because the boys are in the the reality of like, that's not how time works. (laughs) And and Wanda's in this uh, existential crisis of like, that is how time works. Don't, don't it works here how, that way. I'm, yes. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like, how dare you? Um, yeah, that, that that makes a lot of sense. That's interesting. That's pretty good. I didn't even, I didn't even really think that uh, deeply into it until now. Yeah, we'll see if I'm right or not, or if it's just, you know, she lost track of days because she's tired or something. But, you know, the boys seem to know that it's, that it's Saturday and... Uh, Sparky is barking at the door. He's scared of something. It's the drone, right? The drone from the 80s. So if we, what happened is Monica realizes that if they send something in that doesn't need to change its look because it fits with the time, then it won't change, is her theory. And it works out. They send in a 1980s drone, and it doesn't have to change to fit in with the aesthetic because this episode has taken place in the 80s. So they get the drone. It, you know, it's not very good drone. It's losing uh, some of the signal every so often. And Monica starts trying to say to Wanda, like, hey, I'm Captain Rambo. This is what's going on, you know, blah, blah, blah. And that's when Hayward says, you know, take the shot, right? And we get. Some really cool scene here. Wanda walks through the barrier, drops the drone at the feet of Sword, and she's in like her normal Avengers gear, right? As she leaves the building, she threatens the director. She has them all aim their guns at him, which is great because it allows her time to walk away. And Monica's like, hey, we can help you. You know, you know me. I delivered your children. You can read my mind. So you already knew I was sword. You already knew all this stuff, but you still let me in. And she's like, what can we do? What can we get you? And Wanda is very straightforward of, I already have everything I want. And it's true. She's got Wanda. She's got vision. She's got the kid. She's got this perfect life. And she said, nobody's going to take that away from me again. And you know, she goes back through the barrier. Uh, just a awesome scene. It was great to see Wanda walk out of it. I was not expecting that in this episode. Uh, any thoughts on this scene? It shows how powerful and scary she can be. <laughs> it was yeah, like, she could have took out Hayward if she wanted. The crap. She says, I am happy what I'm doing. You need to leave me alone. And I, I love her cadence, too. She's got such, like, uh, is it Olsen, right? Elizabeth Olsen? Um, yeah, Mary Kate, yeah. Ashley's sister. Right. She's got such good, like, at, like the cadence to just, like, it's kind of like that fiery red because she's got that hue to her magical powers. It's like that red, the Scarlet Witch. But, like, it, it, she does. She steps out and she goes, basically, like, leave me alone. I'm happy here and you need to leave me alone and stop doing stuff to me. And it's like, whoa, that's uh, that's pretty powerful. She just breaks this barrier like it's nothing and, and says, you need to back up. 
Then we get the commercial of the episode. It's Lagos Towels. For people that don't know what Lagos is, they mention it in this episode as well. But at the beginning of Captain America Civil War, they're in Lagos, Nigeria. And that is where uh, they're chasing uh, Rumlo, who is known as Crossbones uh, from uh, you know Winter Soldier. And he's about to blow up Cap, and she maintains the blast and sends it up to the sky, but it blows up and kills some Wakandans and some Nigerians at the in a building. Um, and this uh, reference here to the towels, it says, for when you make a mess you didn't mean to. So obviously, I think this is still part of Wanda kind of rather repressing these memories, or somehow they're coming back through these commercial means of you know, her saying she didn't mean to do it, you know, and actually probably would have killed more people if she let it blow up in the marketplace where everybody's crowded around Cap and Rumlow fighting. But, uh, you know, it, it kind of kicked off then the events of Civil War, which then left the Avengers broken for when Thanos came, which then led to her losing vision, you know, so it kind of like this domino effect here, starting from that Lagos event. Uh, Sparky ran out of the room during the uh, during the drone thing, and they're going to look for him. And this is the part of the episode I don't like. Uh, the mailman, you know, yeah, says brutal. the mailman says you won't. Your mom won't let him get far, which is again insinuating that Wanda's in control here. And he was right because if she, if Sparky's in Agnes's bushes, that's right next door to the <laughs> to the house, so <laughs> he didn't get far at all. Um, they didn't look hard enough, I guess, but Agnes finds Sparky dead. Apparently he ate azaleas, which is actually toxic to dogs. And the kids beg for Wanda to bring him back. And they're so sad. They're about to age themselves up and she asks them not to. And they do listen. Uh, and Wanda's trying to teach them about death. So I do wonder, do you think Wanda actually set it up for the dog to die to teach them this lesson? Um, not purposefully, I don't think. I, I think, yes, in a way, because, but I think it was very subconscious. Like, I think a lot of what's going on now is more of her subconscious getting in the way. Um, and I think the realization of vision, like, uh, this is the moment when I thought, like, this is her clearly talking about, uh, to herself, about the fact that, you know, and there's a quote that is like, we can't reverse death no matter how sad it makes us. And then she looks at vision. Um, and I think it's like that parallel of like teaching the, her kids this, that it's okay. And, and these kids are, I imagine reality because the, it's something that's throwing around. Maybe they're real, maybe they're not, maybe whatever, but like talking to them, but also in a way it's teaching her that it's okay for her to feel sad, to, but she needs to move on from, from vision's death, um, and kind of accept the fact that, you know, get through the grieving stage and get to the fact that just accepting that vision is no longer around. And I love that quote just because it's, you can tell it's her looking and breaking the glass and thinking like looking at vision going, it's okay, accept death because it comes and there's no way to reverse it. Yeah. It's very hypocritical for her too to tell her kids they can't reverse death. when right. This is what her whole point of doing <laughs> yeah, this is. Everybody. Um, um Vision comes home, you know, and then I guess he went out to, I guess he buried the dog. Cause like later when she's cleaning up the toys, yeah. you know, he comes in washing his hands and, 
he says, you know, it's tough to have a dog and lose it in the same day. And then the scene really changes. His vision kind of puts a test out here with saying, I spoke with Norm, you know. And she's just like, oh, okay. And he says, you know, I spoke with him like free of your control. And he was in pain. And this is where Vision's really trying to uh, see what's going on here. Wanda starts making credits appear as if the show's ending. And and Vision is not having it. He said, no, what? You're going to go back up. We're going to reset. Everything's going to change again, meaning like the time frame, just so you can ignore this conversation. Like, no. They exit the room and the credits disappear. That was just a really fun part of the episode. He asked, like, what the Maximoff anomaly is, because I think that was what was in the email. And they start arguing. He's like, what is outside of Westview? Uh, she says, like, it doesn't really matter. You know, you just... And that's when he, you know, says, you don't get to make that choice for me. He can't remember his life before Westview, he even says. And he's scared. You know, they start floating up in the air about to, like, brawl, it looks like, and they both settle back down. But then he brings up, why are there no other children in this town? You know, I I go for work every morning, and that playground stands empty every day on my way to work. And she tries to say, well, there's children here, but we haven't seen any. Um, and she says, you think I'm in charge of Westview? You know, like... You think I'm in charge of getting everybody to their dentist appointments and stuff like that. Uh, She even mentioned she does not know how this started in the first place, which makes me believe that maybe she's not the one that created this reality. Um, The doorbell rings, and she has to clarify that she did not do that. So it makes me believe that she is the one that called Agnes over earlier. Uh, Vision doesn't really believe her. Um this is where Paul Bettany and Elizabeth Olsen just give such great performances. Oh, that's so good. It is really good. Paul Bettany, like almost yeah. like screaming <laughs> and she's like, you've never yeah. spoken to me this way. It's cause he's scared. He doesn't know what's going yeah. on. He has he goes, no, what is my basis. life? What right. was my life before this? I want to know Wanda. What is my life before this? He goes, I can't remember anything. And I'm scared. That scares me. It's, Like this, I I get goosebumps right now. Just thinking about it. Like it is so well done by Paul Bettany. Like it's, fantastic and just the fact that like it's kind of that elizabeth olsen backing up like i i don't know what's going on biz i I have no idea what's actually happening right uh then we get wanda going to the door and we see pietro or somebody claiming to be pietro or we don't know yet now what's interesting here for people that don't know this is pietro by uh Evan Peters, who played Quicksilver in the X-Men Fox films in like the, you know, 2015, 2017, all those. And the crowd is back now. The crowd is back laughing at, you know, like him, at the jokes he's making and stuff, which wasn't the case since the credits disappeared. You know, there was uh, no crowd at all. Um. The audio description, if you watch the audio description for like blind people, uh, it says this is Pietro from the X-Men films. Uh, We don't know if that means that it actually is uh, some sort of multiverse thing or if this is somebody posing to be Pietro. Um, He doesn't actually say his name until Wanda says Pietro. 
part of that could be because I think in the X-Men films, he goes by Peter instead of Pietro. So it could be something like that. Um, so, you know, who knows? It's a good cliffhanger. The show ends there. But we do get Darcy asking, she recast Pietro? Which I thought was <laughs> it's a, a great one. line. And you know what? It fits with the 80s theme, too. Those it shows does. always had recasting oh, people. Yeah. So, uh, oh, and brutal fits. recasting. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, what, what, uh, I guess before we get out of here, what's your theories here, Logan? Do you think this is a multiverse X-Men Pietro coming in here? This is how they bring the X-Men in? Or do you think this is somebody posing to be Pietro and they... Marvel just had fun casting somebody that's played him before. I think it's a little bit of both. I think it is teasing that X-Men are coming. But I don't know if this is necessarily where they fit this in. Um, it'll be interesting to see where they take the next episode. But again, my questions were more of like, okay, <laughs> somebody else is in on this. Like whether she's doing this subconsciously or not, or somebody else is messing with Wanda at this point. Like Wanda has this this non-existent like reality but like then i think somebody else is also toying with her like i think people are they're placing people strategically in to try to mess with her so it's interesting to it'll be interesting to see what that is but i think this is just more of a tip to the cap that like it seems very disney plus and marvel of like we have the x-men they're coming just this isn't this isn't the one where you're going to get a lot of that information and how they're coming I think that the kids made Pietro appear. That's interesting. Uh, uh, you know, they ask about her brother. She tells them some information. And they hear the parents fighting. And maybe they want to break up that fight. So they, they you know, they bring somebody by. Uh, it's definitely not our Pietro. Not even recast it. Because he has no idea who Vision is. He asks who the Popsicle is. He knows who Vision is from Age of Ultron. <laughs> so... We don't really know. I, I guess we'll see how it goes next uh, next week. But uh, I'm excited. Uh, I was not surprised by this because I actually heard reports all the way like almost two years ago saying that Evan Peters was, was coming back for a role in it. So a lot of people speculated that would be fun if he was playing Quicksilver. Um, so I was kind of, uh, you know, expecting that to happen. Um I didn't know it would be this episode, though, at the door, you know, but I, I wasn't shocked, as some people have been, that they're bringing in this. Uh, Elizabeth Olsen says that there's a Luke Skywalker-level cameo to the Mandalorian season finale in this show. I don't think she was referring to this. If she was, then this is not Luke Skywalker-level. It's hard to get to Luke Skywalker-level. I was going to say, the I, only one that it could be is Iron Man, right? Like, I, that, I would, like that would probably be the only one. Um, like that's the only one that's like truly dead that like would be that satisfying for fans. I think um, another one that can appear is definitely Doctor Strange. There's been rumors he might be in this show for at least an episode. Uh, that would be cool. I would love to see him. You know, he's a sorcerer. If they realize she's a sorcerer, maybe they call upon Doctor Strange to help out. And that, you know, she's supposed to be in Doctor Strange too, So this is where you can kind of start seeing everything come together, maybe. Gosh, this is so exciting. <laughs> this is this is like the beginning. Because we know, like, that you get rid of that last generation of it and they're bringing on this new form of it. You're like, 
this is going to like I like I, I've told you multiple times like this is like one of those this is like the Iron Man level of where we are with this next phase of, of uh, right. Marvel. Like this is the groundworks and we're going to look back on these and go, man, can you believe they set all that up with this with these two or three? This is nuts. Definitely. Um, just a little Easter egg here. Sparky is the name of Vision's dog in the Tom King Vision run. Uh, it was a synthesoid dog, though, kind of like Vision is. Um, so just a fun little reference to the comics there. Um, not much else, really, in Easter eggs uh, for this episode. But, yeah, if you want to uh, get a hold of us, you can reach us on Twitter at two infinity saga. That's T O infinity saga. Um, we have facebook.com slash infinity saga beyond. You can email us at Marvel plus recaps at gmail.com. Thank you, Logan for jumping on, uh, for people that don't know, Logan's going to be jumping on for at least the first episode of Falcon and the winter soldier and the finale, I believe. And then he's going to be recapping Loki here with us. So if you liked what you heard, um, you can catch them on those episodes as well. And we'll have Casey back next week, hopefully with all the technical issues sorted out. And I'll have him give a quick brief thought on what he thought of this episode. So thanks everybody for listening and have a great rest of your weekend.